Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Jamie wins four. It's a slog fest out there. They're the toughest conditions you'll get on the, on a racetrack. Garth wins three. Really, really happy with that one because I think there's a bit of extra pressure on us to come back here and see if we could do it. And Craig fulfills his Formula 1 dreams at Bathurst. The field acceleration of the car was really, really good. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Craig Lowndes has had the ride of a lifetime taking the team Vodafone McLaren Mercedes for five laps of Mount Panorama. Vodafone managed to get a Formula One McLaren to Bathurst and uh, actually get ourselves and a V8 supercar together and, uh, and actually get Jensen Button and myself to actually swap cars. So uh, it was quite impressive really to, uh, to have an opportunity to drive a Formula One car, which I've never been able to do, and especially around a place like Mount Panorama, which is uh, you know, a circuit that we put in high regard. Jensen Button became the first driver in over 50 years to take a Formula One car around the Mount Panorama circuit certainly becoming the first modern-day car to see that track in some time. Button talked about the experience of racing at the mountain. Button talked about the experience of driving at the mountain. You know, this circuit is, is a circuit I've been very excited about driving. You know, I watch the V8 pretty much every year, and especially this race, because it's such a buzz watching the cars drive around here. And to eventually drive one round here, it's, um, it's better than I could have expected. Button was asked if driving Mount Panorama was what he expected. There's only one other circuit, that's this style of circuit that I've driven, and that's Macau. That was back in 99, so I didn't really know what to expect, because on TV it doesn't do it justice, I don't think. But driving around here, you know, with the gradients, it's, I was very surprised with the gradients and how many blind corners. I mean, even though I did sort of four time laps in total, I still didn't get the corners right you know I'd arrive at a corner think I was in the right position I was totally off and that's unusual you know I think normally drivers pick up especially drivers that have the experience that I have in racing you pick up the circuits within two laps but this place is half a day you know what I mean it's uh it's a very special circuit and I'd love to come back Craig Lowndes gave Button his car to drive and Jensen showed that he was doing a really good job having to learn a brand new car and also having to learn a brand new racetrack. It's a very tough circuit to learn, but a very enjoyable circuit. And I loved every minute of, uh, of driving the V8. I also drove the F1 car around here, which was pretty mad. Um, and that's the first thing I drove. So, uh, yeah, a great experience. But for all the Australian fans, they just wanted to know, what was he thinking as he was hammering around the mountain in an F1 car? The field acceleration of the car was really, really good. And I was really delighted about that. 
course, across the top of the mountain, the car actually changed its direction extremely well, extremely quick, a lot better than what a V8 supercar does. So uh, once we got sort of a couple of laps under our belt, really for me, I felt quite comfortable. The car was really nice to drive. For Lowndes, who's done some remarkable things, was that the most exciting thing he's ever done? To have this opportunity, it's been sensational. It's definitely uh, one of those things you tick off on your list that uh, you'd love to do before you die and uh, you know, to drive it then also around Mount Panorama. Again, I didn't think that anyone would ever drive a Formula 1 car around here and it's, uh, look, it's been a great day. The sun's been out. Um, there's, there was probably 20,000 people here watching the day, so it's been extremely successful. Jamie Winkup has won the Clipsal 500 for the fourth time when he took out a hard-fought victory on the rain streets of Adelaide in race four of the 2011 Championship Series. Winkup said winning this year's event in some way makes up for the disappointment of last year. Before the weekend, I was pretty gutted about last year. You know, we, we led by 10 seconds at one stage and then uh, then we got we had to make an extra fuel stop, got back in the pack and got black flagged. So there's, there's that. There's, of course, yesterday with, once again, conserving fuel. I, I just didn't know... What, didn't know what I had to do to uh, to try to, to win another another race here at Clipsal, but um, today it it all played into our favour. We uh, I got my name on the cup for the fourth time. He told the V8 insiders that winning four Clipsals fulfilled another career goal. There's a lot of lot of stats out there, and I'm always either equal or behind Marcus Ambrose, so it's uh, it's good to finally get one one up on him to uh, to win my fourth. He only got he only got three. <laughs> So, uh, no, it's a good feeling. Garth Tander completed his hat trip of Clipsal wins, taking out race three on Saturday. For Tander, who spent years trying to get his first win, he could not believe that he had his third race win on the streets of Adelaide. Yeah, it did. It took a long time to get the first one. But, um, yeah, look, obviously uh, three very different types of races now in, th- in succession to get the three victories. And Jamie Winkup expressed the frustration of some drivers in the V8 supercar paddock with the new fuel cell rules causing the teams to ask their drivers to take a conservative approach at different stages throughout this year's races. I, I just tell the facts, you know, and a lot of the time it comes across the wrong way, but if, if I don't like something, I'm not going to pretend I do, you know. It's, for me, racing's about going out there and going hard and backing off conserving fuel that's that's part of the category and i accept that and we and that's the way it is and i think overall that's it probably makes the show a, a better thing which therefore keeps me employed so overall it's a good thing you know but um but at the end of the day hey i, I don't like conserving fuel you know no. tim slade from lucky seven racing said he's not concerned about to have to occasionally do economy runs it's all fine i mean you'd probably still be the same without the fuel trim switch you know if you if you uh, go for a pretty aggressive strategy and, and you're going to be close on fuel then you know that's what you got to do and you know that's what people have done in the last few years so i can't see it any different the battle of clipsal was a memorable one for most fans with great battles in both races but for will davison who in the wet was fighting it out with the eventual race winner jamie Winkup. Trouble in the pits dropped him well down the order. He told the V8 insiders of his frustration, knowing the race was one that potentially got away. And that was some pretty crazy racing, and, you know, I finally thought maybe my day's come to spray some champagne again, but uh, what a tough race on the drivers and the crew. Um, you know, it makes it really difficult, and unfortunately we, we made a, you know, a bad call there and, and we got stuck in the pits. Over at Gary Rogers Motorsport, Lee Holsworth was sent out onto the track with slick front tyres. Lee, explained the decision. One thing you can uh, get out of the weekend is you go with the safe call, and that's um, 
always to stay on, on wets when it's wet. But, um, yeah, look, this is one of the most disappointing weekends for GRM for quite some time, so we need to uh, sit down and really you know, look at where we're at and try and improve things. And for his teammate, Michael Robinson Caruso, he expects his frustration at the start of his 2011 season. We've had issues ever since I've been in this, um, in this car. It's an interim car for something that we'd like to do or the team would like to do for, for the next possible cars that we might be bringing out. So, um, yeah, we've been struggling with it ever since um, Sandown. So, um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what the team are going to do, but, I mean, it was quite obvious this weekend... Um, that the car wasn't responding to anything we were doing so there's something fundamentally wrong with it and I mean last time we had an issue like this they found there was a problem so hopefully um, they can work out what it is. Martin Whittaker last weekend announced that V8 Supercars has standardised its ticket prices across a range of V8 Supercar events starting in season 2011. Uh, So we're effectively going to make sure that uh, people get real value for money. People are finding it tough at the moment, particularly for our own events in uh, uh, Tasmania, Phillip Island, Queensland and Sandown. All our general admission tickets free uh, on Fridays, uh, Saturdays at 55 and Sundays at 55 as well. Uh, And in turn, uh, the rock and race events, we're going to introduce a new flexi grandstand seat uh, at Gold Coast, Hamilton and Sydney. And for example, that will will be priced at $130 in Hamilton. I think that's extremely good value for money. And as I said, I think that gives something back to the community. V8 Supercars Independent Board Member Roger Cook has announced last weekend that he is stepping down from the board of the South Australian Motorsport Council. Tony Cochran paid tribute to Cook's work, particularly in association with the Clipsal 500. Roger really is absolutely the epitome of of, of a guy who has really raised the bar here. He was given the task of making sure this event was of Formula One quality, um, and I I really believe he's achieved that over the years. Uh, The structure we're in today is just a magnificent example of uh, Roger's efforts, uh, never to accept no for an answer. And to push on. And hot on the heels of Jason Richards winning the second Fujitsu Series race of the year, it's been announced that he'll be subbing in for Jason Barguana at Team BOC. Richards, naturally enough, still in the recovery mode of his cancer, is looking forward to the chance to get back out on the track with the main game competitors. Look, there's no doubt the whole the whole Team BOC have got right behind me uh, since I was diagnosed with was uh, adrenal cortical carcinoma, uh, the official name of the cancer. And, uh, you know, I know what it's like to, as a race car driver to uh, let someone else drive your race car. You know, on a meeting you probably feel like you should be there, but he's um, been very supportive. So uh, it's, um, yeah, everybody involved with this cancer, uh, be it from v of cars themselves or Team BSC or, or Jason Baguana have, have stood behind me and uh, given me the opportunity to have some fun. And that's what the whole weekend's about for me. And ahead of Melbourne, well, Rick Kelly has got a full-on calendar with the Red Bull Challenge being the first of his many social events this week. Look, I'm, I'm more nervous about the Red Bull race-off than I am about racing the JD car in the main event. I've never really driven a front-wheel drive car on the track before and I'm up against Coulthard, who's, uh, I mean, you know, it's such a pleasure to be driving alongside 
and it's such a big buzz to be driving alongside someone of, the, of that stature. And um, obviously, you know, the, the little Aussie from Perth over there and Daniel, he's going to be uh, tough to beat as well. Really looking forward to it. The Kelly boys are both looking for the money this weekend that's on offer at the Melbourne Grand Prix support races for the V8 supercars. I'll be ringing that thing's neck around there. There's no doubt about it. Um, Nothing's going to help our team more than 400 grand, which we've got up for offer, so we'll be going like cut snakes to get it. I love that place, Albert Park, and we've had some pretty good results there over the past, and uh, a lot of the stuff that's that's in all of the cars now is actually quite close to the direction that we, we went in last year at Albert Park, so... Um, Last year, I think I was around qualifying around fifth or something like that, and then had a break nipple come loose. But the the pace was really good last year, and we've we've done a heap of stuff um, more more to that in that direction. So, um, quietly confident that we should have a good weekend there. V8 Supercars were hosting 29 visitors from six countries last weekend at Clipsal, but Tony Cochran was playing coy as to whether these guests were looking to buy into the series or if they were looking to provoke new events around the world. With our growing um, interest uh, around the world and uh, um, by way of example, we've got 29 guests here this weekend from six countries. I tend to think of every guest as a buyer. John Olson, former Premier of South Australia, has been brought on as a consultant for V8 Supercars as they continue to expand their operation. Tony Cochran explained what Olson will be focusing on. Working with us on government-to-government relationships, which are just growing exponentially um, as I speak. Since we um, announced the fact that the FIA had granted its international status, the uh, level of take-up, the level of uh, interest in our sport has uh, really blossomed. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, a new segment on the show as racing legend Randy Corners gives us his Melbourne Grand Prix preview. Then later, Tony Shebecki and Gordon Lomas will join me to wrap up the Clipsal Weekend. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week to preview the Melbourne Grand Prix, it's none other than Randy Corners. Randy, it's uh, Grand Prix time in Melbourne. Yes, it's uh, one of my most favourite times. I'm uh, back in Australia again to, to actually join the, uh, my lads in the F1 paddock. You'll see me around quite a fair bit. and I've had to come back over just recently actually to take young Jensen uh, Buttons up to Mount Panorama and actually teach him a few lines around Mount Panorama because he, he's actually looking like he's going to be coming out here for the 1000 later on in the year. So that'll be great to see him out there in the paddock because I don't think he's going to be fast enough to actually be racing around it but he might be just camping out the back I think that's what he's uh, going to come out for but yeah look really looking forward to the Grand Prix I actually hear though they're, they're going to be doing something a bit different with the V8 supercars there this year and 
having a reverse race. So that's going to be interesting. I've actually got onto an import, and I'm going to be bringing in massive vanity mirrors so that when they actually drive around the track in reverse, that they've got full vision. And uh, there's going to be some pretty major carnage, I would say, around there, and something I'm probably looking forward to, just sitting up there in the grandstand, having a look. Now, Randy, of course... uh you're confident to so many of these drivers. Where do you think uh, the advantage is going to be won or lost at this exhibition race? Uh, the advantages will be if they can get certain parts of the track right, which is like the start, the middle and the end, they'll actually go very well. So those that can get those three sectors right, they'll win. And what about uh, your mates in the Formula One? I, I heard that Jensen had a, a chat to you when you are at the mountain uh, because you, you got a chance to have a real good look at his uh, McLaren Formula 1 car there. Yes, I had a real good look at a few other things too, and uh, let me tell you, he's, uh, he's not as hung as what most people do say, but anyway, that's his problem, not mine. You can get that fixed over in Thailand. Um, but, yeah, look, I had a, a jump in that and had a bit of a zip around the pits. I was, wasn't really confident in taking it out up through the dipper because uh, it didn't have enough steering to actually get down through the dipper, so... We didn't get to get, do a few laps around Mount Panorama in that thing, but anyway, he's going to uh, he's going to factor me into his race plan there at, at Melbourne. So that's something to uh, I guess watch this space. Have you got a tip for the Grand Prix? Yeah, yep, I've got a tip. Um, I've got a tip. My tip will be probably the third row of the grandstand, just to sit up there and, and take it easy, but. Maybe as far as a race, race, race. Uh, look, I think uh, I think young Marcus Weber, he should go all right. The uh, the Aussie lad, he's going to have a lot of the Aussie fans and everything behind him and cheering him on. And, and let's just say that, go Mark! And Randy, what about your tip for the V8s in their new look event? Yeah, well, uh, a tip there is that's really going to come down to probably... Uh, the vanity mirror is going to be a big factor because those that spend a fair bit of time looking at themselves, uh, they're going to go all right. And that would be one uh, James Courtney, Fabian Coulthard and uh, young Dean Fiore, possibly the, the three best-looking lads in the V8 paddock. They're going to go very well because they do spend quite some time looking at themselves. Thanks very much, Randy Corners, and we look forward to chatting to you before Hamilton. Oh, I look forward to it too. See you later. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, it's Gordon Lomas and Tony Shebeki. Shebeki, the cherry popped at Clipsal. It certainly did, Craig, and boy, oh boy, it did it pop in a big way. This is a great event, the Clipsal 500. I can't believe that I've never, ever been... The Clipsal 500, but uh, I'll accept the knocks across the head and the, the kicks up the backside, and believe me, I'll never miss another one. And God, I, I don't think you've missed any. No, I've managed to uh, keep the perfect record. I've, I've had, never missed a Clipsal since the first one in '99, and I can't believe, Shebeki, it's the first time you've been here. That's you should be just, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself. 
Two very different races across the weekend. Tony, you were calling them for SEN, and I guess what we saw was uh, car speed and fuel up against wet weather prowess. Yeah, and uh, cars not getting banged up, I suppose. That was the other thing, too, that we, we saw. If you were able to keep your car straight, you were half a chance of winning the event. Unfortunately, that didn't happen for uh, some drivers, especially Steve Owen, who in race one just totally... I mean, that was a big hit, 215 k's into turn eight. Thank God they've made that turn safer. I mean, that could have been disastrous for Steve, but uh, massive damage to his car. And uh, Yeah, so he'll, he's, uh, they've got to try... And, I think they're leasing one from Triple Eight in regards to getting it right, one of the Fujitsu cars, to get a car on the track for the Australian Grand Prix. So there's a, a bit of work to be done there for those guys. Uh, Sunday's race was just amazing. I mean, the fact that the skill of these guys, to, the ability to be able to pass in some of the places that they passed on wet tyres with cars going sideways and, in some cases, out of driver control. They, they were just passengers in some points. Just amazing to watch these guys, the way they got around this street track. And really, we didn't have any major casualties really on the Sunday, did we? It was compared to... Compared to Saturday when it was a dry day, Sunday was fairly lame casualty-wise, but what a great race. We had 30 laps there, I think we had at one stage, where seven cars were swapping the lead. It was just amazing. Gordo, you've been nodding your head uh, about a lot of things Shebek said there. Yeah, well, I mean, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a new thing that we've had a, an absolute ripper race, especially in the first, you know, 30-odd laps uh, with Wincup and... And Will Davison sort of, um, you know, trading blows at the front. I mean, that was just out-and-out ripper racing and uh, in treacherous conditions. And both both those guys managed to stay re- re- really clean, but just edgy your seat stuff, you know. And um, But we've seen that a lot in the last six months. We've seen races here and there that have just been, you know, like that, just, um, you know, nothing in it. And I think uh, Jamie made a comment, Later on, after the, after he won the race, uh, Win Cup, he, he said that um, you know a lot a lot of that is to do with that. There's a lot of customer teams out there now that have got parts and running parts mm. that are supplied by the leading team. So everyone's a, a lot lot closer with so really true. good equipment. Yep, so true. And I guess uh, the other interesting thing was uh, Shebex was saying about uh, Triple tr- Eight having to help out Paul Morris Motorsport because on fr- on Saturday both. Steve Owen's car totaled, and um, Rusty and Russell Ingalls' car with more damage that could be repaired. And in fact, uh, we did only see 27 cars on Sunday because Steve Owen's car was unfit for uh, repair, and Triple Eight had to supply Andrew Thompson's Monster Energy Drinks Fujitsu car just to get Russell out onto the track. Let's get something right, though. Triple Eight aren't helping Paul Morris Motorsport. They're paying some money for this car. They're leasing the car for the correct. weekend. It's not as if it's free. Uh, and I think Roland's that generous, is he? Correct. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, it's purely a business proposition, you know. But uh, but I, I was actually there when um, you know uh, they checked with the scrutineers um, whether they could in fact use Thompson's car in the main game to help out uh, the Morris operation. And uh, and yes, you know it was it, it's all legal. And, and so it should be because um, it's, you know, I mean, c- can you imagine if, if a Fujitsu car, if, if, you know, a number of cars in the main game got completely mangled and there was an opportunity to, you know, elevate Fujitsu mm. cars into the main game and some silly rule said that that couldn't happen, 
well, you know, the grid would be pretty sad, really, and the whole show would be a lot sadder if that was the case. I would have been looking to get Jason Richards' car. It was the quickest on the second race. So, and no matter what you say, guys, the story of the weekend was that, wasn't it? Jason Richards winning on the Saturday. It was a huge story, and, uh, you know, everyone down in TBOC grew an extra foot just seeing it, and the grandstand. The grandstand reaction, the standing ovation as he came across the line, you just don't get that too often in any sports arena. Yeah, I mean, look, motorsport, um, to to probably a lot of the general public out there um, isn't a human interest. You know, there's not a a lot of human element to it. Um, But, but you know, there is, uh, you know, a lot of human interest and a lot of, you know, humanity in motorsport, and that was one case where it was... It was absolutely, you know, spot on, and um, and you know, I mean, it just it just show it just goes to show, you know, the men behind the helmets um, are humans, and um, and go through, you know, all the health problems that everyone else does, and then, you know, Jason comes out, overcomes, you know, a major drama in his life, and then wins a motor race, and everyone and everyone that was here on the on the circuit just were in raptures for it. You know. People can dig that, Gordo. People. Everyone's got someone, a friend, a family member. They've known someone, or they know someone now who's had cancer. This was this wasn't a win for V8 supercars. This, you're right. This was a win for human. This was a win for the little bloke who's battling out there and doing it bloody tough. And that's exactly what Jason Richards is doing. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8 Race Experience. Find out how you can drive at Bathurst this Easter at v8race.com.au. Well, it's Gas and Go time here on the V8 Insiders and Gas and Go brought to you by the V8X magazine. Gordo knows it well. Shebex, I can't believe you're not writing for uh, V8X never, already. never actually read a copy. Oh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite magazine. And, of course, uh, Fujitsu series, first race, and uh, what a series we've got ahead of us with so many cars looking like they've got a genuine chance, but... Uh, They've got to catch Tomo first. Yeah, exactly, and I suppose hence the reason why they did go for Tomo's car. It is the uh, fastest car out there, there's no doubt about that. What Jason did on Saturday, spectacular, but uh, he looks like the man he's going to catch, and does it guarantee him a, a spot in the V8 main game next year? No. But plenty of drivers will attest to that. We've had Steve Owen win a championship and didn't get anything until this year, so, yeah, it's a, a tough one. There's got, to be more of a, there's got to be more of a pathway, Gordo, for these guys, and more of an incentive for them to enter a car, win the championship, and then there must be, there has to be a guaranteed spot somewhere in the main game. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I, I, think, um, I think there should be something that's, that's absolutely in place, rock solid, for that to happen. But, but I've, noticed, um, I've noticed this year that the Fujitsu series is really, really strong. Good, good, healthy grid numbers, but really good competitive teams as well. And we haven't seen that for the last few seasons. The Fujitsu series has been really weak. This year, it's looking really strong. But you know, I tell you what, it's going to take a bloody good team and a really good driver to beat Andrew Thompson. Who was happier about the wet weather? The fans, the drivers, or Kevin Fitzsimmons, who's got a truck full of wet weather tyres? <laughs> well, I know Kev. Kevy's been sort of having a a little. You know, funny jibe here and there about all the all the wet ties he's he's been carrying around. So I think Kerry was pretty happy that the heavens opened there to a degree today. Oh, and give the fans a big tick on that one too. They would have been wrapped when the heavens did open. They uh, they endured some pretty tough uh, times during that two hours, wet, cold, 
humid. It was. It wasn't. It was oppressive weather. There's no doubt about it. But they stuck it thin, and they got some great racing for their troubles. The gears once again showed what a wet weather specialist he is. Even though he's had some great dry weather runs as well. Yeah, he did actually. There's no doubt that the gears is right up there. And when it comes to wet weather drives, Craig Lamb surprised me though. Apart from getting turned around in pit lane and. On SEN, let me give you a comment Roland Dane made about Greg Murphy. He said Greg Murphy couldn't drive sheep, and that's not good for a New Zealander. Now, Roland Dane, I don't know where you're coming from with that one, mate, because I think the stewards agree that it was Craig's fault. They gave him the drive-through, not Greg Murphy. So if you think that Greg Murphy was to uh, be blamed for anything that happened in pit lane, I think you got it wrong. Yeah, well, it was, it was one of those curly ones. I mean, you know, one second earlier... One second later, there would not have been a drama with Craig. He, you know, one second earlier, he would have got out cleanly right in front of that freight train. One second later, he would have had to wait. He would have been forced to wait. And, and then ten and, spots. And then fold in, drop ten spots. But then he wouldn't have had to sit through a black uh, stop, uh, you know, a drive-through penalty. My comments on Gisbergen, I'd love to see him in a rally car. Winches became a big factor on Saturday when we saw the race cut short because of eight laps under the safety car, Gordo. I think, uh, haven't we seen CEOs and uh, chairmen of the board fire off when safety cars and safety crews haven't done their job properly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you're talking about mechanical things here. You know, things break and, uh, you know, for the, for the winch not to be working on the, on the tow truck uh, is just bizarre, but those things do happen. I can remember a, a few years ago at Hidden Valley that didn't the, the tow truck drive down the, tr- the track the wrong way and there was a big to do about that so you know it's happened again here yesterday and uh, unfortunately the race was delayed for a, a prolonged period because of it i've had problems with winches all my life and hence the reason why i got rid of the first one who gets more out of uh, jensen button and craig lounge car swap at the mountain orange gets the most out of it because that's where craig lounge is going to end up if a gust of wind takes him off the mountain. It's going to be a thrilling ride for Lousy. The bumpiest ride I think he's ever had in his life it'll be. Jensen Button gets heaps out of it, though, because uh, it, what a great honour, what a great privilege to be able to drive a V8 supercar around Bathurst, the track that it's supposed to be driven around. I've got to tell you a funny story. I was in Bathurst last week and had lunch with the, uh, with the Mayor of Bathurst, Paul Toole, who's actually standing for the state election as well really good young guy he loves motorsport and we're talking about all the talk was about the team Vodafone McLaren deal on uh, Tuesday and we both had a joke how's it going to get through the dipper almost got to chuck it sideways for him not to rip the front nose off Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8 Race Experience find out how you can drive at Bathurst this Easter at v8race.com.au that's Guess and Go, brought to you by VNX Magazine. We'll be back with more of the V8 Insiders right after this break. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. 
Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. SEN's Tony Shebecki, who I'm sure when Roland hears this will know who to blame, and it's not me, and Gordon Lomas from V8X Magazine, and of course, the latest, uh, well, coming out very soon, the history of V8 supercars, and uh, check all good bookstores for that one. Uh, when's that come out, Gordo? Even bad bookstores. Yeah, big bad ones are gone. And there's a lot of those these days, they tell me. <laughs> um, it, it, uh, it's, it's due for launch in August. Um, uh, Is that a crack at Canberra? <laughs> it's due for launch in August, so uh, you know, looking forward to uh, you know for it, for it to come out. Um, there's there's a lot in it. Uh, it's a big story to tell. Um, it's a story that hasn't been told before, and um, and I'm sure anyone who's passionate about uh, about this game and touring cars in general uh, will um, you know will get some entertainment out of it. Okay, a couple of things coming out of the weekend. How good was it to see Rick Kelly on the podium on Sunday, Shebex? Jews, they came so close to their very first race win for a team, didn't they? Rick led for a majority of that race. Jamie just showed his power at the end, and that's all due to the fact that Roland Dane looks after that team so well and has Jamie Winkup driving so well, and Craig and Roland did do a great job. Uh, no, great for Rick Kelly. Great for the Jack Daniels team. Their, a, a win is not too far away for them. Yeah, look, I, I fully endorse it. I mean, that's a team that has absolutely got a fire. They've got a, they've got a massive sponsor on board, Jack Daniels, that you know, four car operation. There, it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a dynasty that's that's emerging, um, and uh, I think it's imperative that they win not one race, but they win numerous races this year and challenge the front runners. Okay, FPR pit stops still a uh, well a complete a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, yes, uh, Stone Brothers also had a. A shocker too. There, they had one of their cars. I, I can't remember who it was actually, but one of their cars was lined up in the uh, in the pit lane for about 30 seconds. Why did you write? They've got to get it right. Frosty's spoken about it. We've spoken about it. Everyone's spoken about it. Obviously, they've got to hear the words. There's problems there, guys. Fix it. It's going to cost you major races all the way through your career unless you fix your pit stops. Yeah, there was no doubt that that was an issue. Um, and uh, but let's face it, I mean, uh, what about poor old Lee Hullsworth as well? Gary Why? Rogers put his hand up too on that and said, my fault, I made the call, my call, I accept full responsibility. You know, you, you just think, in those conditions, why would you be on slick tyres? And, um, and yeah, okay, there was a few other people that, um, that made some, you know, blunders as well. But in those conditions, a team or teams always dunce out. So what's new? Gary Rogers' drivers, Lee Holsworth and, uh, and Michael Caruso, were both very down because Saturday they had problems, Sunday they had problems, and uh, they're at the moment really struggling with these interim cars, uh, Gordo. Yeah, yeah, they, you know, definitely. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, problems to overcome there. So, um, you, know, the sooner they, you know, the sooner they can sort it out, the better for, for everyone, really, because that's a team that, you know can really fire some shots at the front when they get it right. All those guys wanted to do was catch the plane tonight, and I can't believe that you were bothering them with interviews. That was just poor taste, Craig. <laughs> guys, what do we take out of Clipsal? You've now seen it. Gordo, you've lived and breathed it for so many years now. I've been here a few times myself. Is this not the best race city we go to? Oh, look, I'll tell you something. You know, This is, what, the 13th Clipsal? Well, I feel 10 years younger, so it must be a great event. 
13 clipsals, 3 million people. No, the feet can't be wrong, can they? That's a, that's a spectacular effort. This event is here to stay, and long live it be the first event on the Australian calendar. Yeah, and hopefully it might return to the first event on the V8 supercar calendar as well as some of the talk seems to be that it might. No, I, I, I think that's totally wrong, Craig. I, I think I, I've heard that we're going to Libya. Yes. Hey? Well, that's what Tony said at the press conference when the uh, aircraft came across. No, no, I didn't. No, Tony Cochran. Tony Cochran. Yeah, not me. <laughs> You're in enough trouble with people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, guys, for joining us here on the V8 Insiders. Get on the Wikipedia, and if you haven't looked for a town, Beaverlick in Kentucky. Oh. It is a great place. Have a look. <laughs> you Have you a look. know this place. Been through there once or twice myself. Is it? Thanks very much, Gordo. <laughs> Thanks, mate. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's Y Flag Lab, Mark Winterbottom will have a part in the new Cars film. Frosty, who recently became a father, will voice a character that shares his nickname for the film scheduled to be released in June. My character in the movie is um, is a car named Frosty who will, uh, will meet Lightning McQueen, which is a pretty special opportunity for any car or any person, uh, at, a, at a conference or a party in... Uh, in Japan, so there's everyone's there. Um, I'm the V8 supercar um, Australian representative there, and uh, it's one awesome party I'm led to believe. So uh, it should be good fun. Wish me luck. You go get it, Lightning McQueen. Welcome to the World Grand Prix. Being involved in the film is obviously fantastic. Um, I love Cars, the first movie, um, so I'm a big fan as it is and uh, when Cars 2 gets released, to not only see that movie and, um, you know, love it again, I'll also get my little piece of, uh, of my own in it and um, feel like I've contributed to it, and uh, that's an incredible feeling. Clips of commentator and Formula One legend Murray Walker told the V8 Insiders that while he's continuing on Rory the racing car in England, he was unable to get a gig in the new Cars film, which involves Lightning McQueen heading with his entourage to Europe to race the world's best. They were going to use me as a commentator, but for whatever reason, uh, it just all suddenly went quiet and it didn't happen. My thanks to Tony Shebecki and Gordon Lomas as we wrap up Clipsal and head to the Melbourne Grand Prix. Also to Randy Corners, who will be joining us right throughout the season as the checker flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.